Hello, story lovers. I'm Laurel McCarg, and you're listening to Alligator Preserves. Stay tuned for the first in a special series about the Leadville Race Series. This first episode is my visit with Ken Klober, founder of the Leadville Race Series. Don't go away. Also, remember, SEPA, Colorado Independent Publishers Association, is still accepting your books for the SEPA Evie Awards. So get them in quickly. Go to sepabooks.com for more information and good luck. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. All right, we're going to start with this one. Okay. I'm a nervous newbie at the ah, start line. Yeah. Pump me up. Ah, first, the first thing, uh, first thing I tell everybody at the beginning of the race and during the race and all, and I've repeated it a thousand times because I learned it, and I learned it firsthand myself. Uh, within the last two miles, finishing the, in 1984, finishing the Leadville Trail 100 race, I can look anybody in the eye and tell them, you're better than you think you are. And you can do more than you think you can. So, and, and when it comes to that moment, and there will be a moment in that race, whether you're, whether you're on foot or you're on the bicycle, there's going to be a defining moment where you have to decide, do I go on? Do I quit? That's a, that's a life lesson. It's, it's not just a Leadville Trail 100. It's a life lesson. It's, it's a lesson ingrained in the people of Leadville. The people of Leadville always. That was, their, that was their genesis coming to Leadville. They dug deep. So when I tell them, I can look them in the eye and say, you're better than you think you are. You can do more than you think you can. When you reach that moment, you reach down inside you, inside you, inside each and every one of us, me, Ken Clover, you, Laurel McCarr, inside each and every one of us is an inexhaustible well of grit, guts, and determination. If we, when we reach that moment, whether it's in the race or if it's family or whatever, if you reach that moment, if you'll dig deep, the strength, the power is there. And you'll prove to yourself you're better than you think you are. And you can do more than you think you can. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I haven't done a race yet. And just oh, sitting here talking with yeah. you, I'm thinking. Nah, you could. You should. I? I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> get you out there. I know you're a runner. So I'll get you out well, there in this race. Used to be. Used to do some crazy races ah, back in the day. <laughs> Adventure races with my husband. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that. I don't know why you would ever quit that or stop. Most people say, well, time goes by and I'm getting well. No, you're as young at this moment as you are ever going to be. So take advantage of that. Take advantage of that moment. Yeah, You know, I'm talking all this. Um, I try to live it myself. <laughs> Gets I, me I in see, trouble I every see, once in a while. Well, I see that. May I ask yeah. how old you are? Oh, well, you... I, not a problem. Next birthday is going to start with an eight. So, <laughs> so for the first time, 
Oh, yeah, for the first, yeah, yeah. When's yeah. your birthday? Yeah, 124, 39. So, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I just, I just have to say to our listeners out there, um, we're talking with Ken Clover, the founder of the Leadville Trail Race Series. Absolutely. And that's C H L O U B E R. Yes. <laughs> and, and if you want to write me a letter, I love to get letters. I, I've uh, graduated in the eyes of the community. I am post office box number one in Leadville. So <laughs> well, that's, that's an easy address. <laughs> that is that is something else. Well, tell me why this race series? Why why was it started? Oh, well, Laura, you've hit you've hit my uh, heart button. I guess um, that and in. You know, and I, I'm digging deep right now that I live every day why these races started. I was an underground shift boss uh, in, in the 60s, 70s, uh, early 80s. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'd go to that Climax mine um Rotating shifts, days swing, graveyard, um, seven-day rotation of those shifts. Uh, had a crew, uh, went underground, and uh, we we lived mining. We took care of each other underground. Uh, you've got a military background. It's very similar to, to that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was, was a brotherhood, in your case, sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Um uh, in, you, in, a, in a smattering of the, the code of the West, perhaps. Oh, without without question, you you did it. Yeah, code of the West. You did it the cowboy way, or you didn't do it. And uh, you know, you went underground, and my total job underground was it matched my intellectual capacity because all I had to do was make little rocks out of big rocks <laughs> and get them to the surface. God, what a what an exciting job that was! Uh, made made my living walking through solid rock. I, I thought, you know, I'm the toughest guy on the on the planet here. Well, it was 1982. Went to work on swing shift. There was a smattering within the community of things weren't just going real well because we knew we could we could see going to work. Um, it, that there was, um, we were stockpiling molybdenum up there. We wasn't shipping it out. We wasn't shipping it out. We wasn't selling it. So, and that pile grew bigger and bigger every day. We were producing molybdenum. Well, I went to work that swing shift, went in the dry, dries were changed clothes and everything, uh, put on my mining gear, the old mud-crusted jeans, jean jacket, and so forth that I'd wore the day before, steel-toed boots, hard hats, self-rescuer, the big leather gloves, uh, um, all that sort of thing. Got all geared up, um, ready to go underground. My crew was there, ready to go underground, too. Got a call uh, from the foreman, and um, he said, uh, come on up. Uh, all the shift bosses come up where, to the uh, main office. And, you know, we didn't know what's going on, so we had to tell the crews, just hold right here. You're, mm-hmm. You can't go underground without us. You just stay here. Oh, there was maybe the underground there. They might have been 
12, 15 shift bosses. We all gotten various pickups. Went up um, to the upper level of the where the mine offices were and, and uh, went in for a meeting. And it was a short and razor-sharp meeting. He said, boys, we're closing her down. Go back to your crews. Tell them to go home. Their unions will be in contact with them. You go home. We'll be in contact with you. That was it. That was it. I had to go back down to that uh, to the dry. Tell the crew and everything. Go home. They're closing the mine. But what what was the razor sharp across my soul that I cannot escape is for the next 10, 15 minutes, I had to take off all that stuff that I just put on. And each time, knowing that it was going to be for the last time, uh, you know, I'm taking off this horrible contraption called a self-rescuer, which I hated that thing anyway, because I knew that there's no such thing as a self-rescuer. If I get in trouble, there's people going <laughs> to, brothers, sisters going to come down and, and take care of me as I am everybody else. Take off all those old clothes and the hard hat, steel-toed boots, put them all in a big old plastic sack. And everything, you know, knowing that it's for the last time. And uh, then go out and get in an old Ford pickup of mine and, and uh, drive back down the hill, knowing all that time, or thinking all that time, what am I going to tell mama and the baby boy? What am I going to do now that their badass daddy doesn't have a job? Whoa. So that got, that, that, that still stings with me and drives me every every day to try to do whatever I can for this community because it it um, uh, that we we were the whole town wasn't just me being unemployed the entire community of Leadville was unemployed we lost that night three thousand two hundred and fifty jobs overnight we became the highest unemployment in the nation. Did people move out right away? Well, yeah, yeah, particularly the younger miners, because it was, it was clear that, uh, you know, there was no work here. There was nothing to do. So the, the younger guys, you know, there was uh, mining in Arizona, Montana, um, I think some in California, mm -hmm. uh, Nevada. Uh, so, yeah, there was a mass exodus. So how did the race come to your mind? How okay, there you go. <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> besides being an underground shift boss at the time, I was a county commissioner. And I remember, this was a time of county commissioner. We didn't even particularly need county commissioners because that mine, when it was in production, paid 86% of our uh, property taxes. Ooh. Oh, so. so closes and sounds in trouble. Oh, but yeah, no kidding. Time. I mean, if if I, was, if I was county commissioner, wanted to buy a hundred thousand dollar piece of uh, road road equipment or something, mine paid eighty six thousand dollars of it. Every, every life was good. Yeah, we were making good money, paying very little taxes. Mm -hmm. Overnight, what a shift! It was a. I mean, he's getting hit with the right hand and then the left yeah. hand. Bang, bang. Because we lost those good income, good job, and taxes went up. Okay. 
people were moving out, just leaving their homes, many of them. If you could sell them homes that are selling for $200,000 a day, they're giving away then, wow. or five, ten thousand dollars $10,000, whatever yeah. you get to get out of the payments and, and get gone. Um, there, we as a community, those that stayed, uh, Carl Miller's, Keith Moffat's, Howard Tritt's, uh, uh, people that you know and love within the community stayed and knew that uh, Leadville had to survive. And if it did, we were going to have to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Calvary wasn't coming. Uh, it was it was up to us. Mm-hmm. Um, getting being the highest unemployment in the nation certainly attracted state government's attention. Governor Lamb was a big help. Governor Lamb came up here, uh, wanted to know what he could do to help, and certainly he did. A conversation with him, with uh, with the county commissioner and some other uh, local citizens, and he brought down a. Economic developer. 1982, nobody ever put those two words together, economic developer. But okay. he had, had a guy with an economic developer. His message then at the end of the meeting, he said, you've got two things. You've got your mining history and heritage, and you've got these beautiful mountains. You've got to get people to come to your community to spend money. The key to getting them to spend money is that they stay overnight. Well, they're in the, they're in lies the width, breadth, and depth of my intellectual capacity because <laughs> people had suggested different little events, 5K, 10 marathon, and so forth. I thought if they run 100 miles at 10,000 feet, they're darn sure going to stay overnight. <laughs> so that was it. That was it. <laughs> I, I went to, I went all over seeking all the help and advice I could get from various people to put everything, uh, to put it together and so forth. And, uh, uh, now, were you, were you a runner at the oh, time? Well, a runner in that, the history, as you well know, with Leadville is the borough races. Right. And I had done the borough races for years, so I had run up to the top of Mosquito Pass with, with my uh, brother Donkey and uh, back in, but that was it. it would, and running back then, the running boom was just sort of started, you know, in the late 70s and so forth, where people were actually running for uh, for the fun of it and for health. Uh, but there was none of that going on. We were just running the boroughs. And the borough race is close to a marathon distance to the top of Mosquito yeah, Pass. Yeah, top of Mosquito Pass and back way uh, in the Leadville race is about 22 miles. And I'll have to tell our listeners out there that I first met Ken Grober <laughs> <laughs> in 2005 yeah, yeah. when my husband decided to do the Pack Borrow Race. We yeah. were living in Colorado Springs at the time, staying at the Leadville Hostel in N. <laughs> Knew nothing about this. Um, Christopher McDougall also was yeah. going to run the race to yeah. uh, add to one of his books and, and write a story about it. And you scared me the first time I called you on the phone. to Rightfully ask, so. To ask. <laughs> <laughs> I called from the hostel saying, um, I've been told that you have a pack borrow for my husband to race tomorrow. And it was Curtis Emery. Yeah. Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. Um, who had the, the burrows for both oh, my husband, yeah. for Christopher yeah. McDougall, and for you because you had just lost 
yeah. your your buddy. Yeah. And yeah. I, I wrote about that story, but I called oh. you asking about it, and, and I think the first words out of your mouth were, "When you're going to come get her?" Because you know, <laughs> I'm I'm not keeping her, and, and, and I was thinking, "Ooh, what do I do? <laughs> Who is this person?" And it was Boom Day's weekend. Yeah. And, we met you at your shop downtown, and you were walking down the stairs in your short shorts and your <laughs> your hair sticking out of your hat, and you were holding a King Henry VIII turkey leg in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar. Oh, God. Thought, well, he can't be all that bad. <laughs> so the idea of a 100-mile race yeah. where people would have to stay at least over one night. That was the purpose. That was the purpose. Still is, and, and still is today. And the, and the run was the first race that you established? That 1983. The year after the mine closed. Leadville Trail 100. Did you run right. it? Oh, yeah. You ran it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How yeah. many times did you run it? Oh, I probably history? over the years ran it 25, 27 times, something like that. Finished 14 times. But, but let me, and let me point out one thing there, because I told you, and I, and I want your listeners to take this to heart when I say you're better than you think you are, and you can do more than you think you can. Where I learned that was finishing in that, that first race. Uh, because we look, we look around at people and we make judgments about them, you know, okay, you're, you're so tall, so tall, you weigh so much, yeah, you look like an athlete, you probably do this or that. And we, we make just these sort of conscious or subconscious judgments about people that in most cases are probably totally wrong (sighs) because I'm got a mile, mile and a half to go. I've done 98 plus miles and, and uh, uh, I'm running up our boulevard, you know, finishing that little dirt road. And I looked over beside me and I'm passing this guy. The guy was ahead of me and I'm passing him. He probably weighs, he's probably 20 years older than me and, and probably weighs about. 110 pounds dripping wet. I always remember you had a pair of blue flowered tights on. Just <laughs> looked like death warmed over. I thought, looking at that guy, I thought, there is no way that anybody looking at you would say, you're going to finish this race. But you are. You're a, you're just a hell of a guy. <laughs> but... I would have judged you entirely different than yeah. anybody else would have too. So, you but know, you didn't know and, what was in his mind. Yeah, in his heart. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, you know, you're better than I thought you was. You're probably better than you think you are too. And you, and you're darn sure going to do more uh, than anybody would have ever thought you could. I said, well, that applies to him. That probably applies to me, too, and that applies to everybody else. So I got to noticing that over the years and years and years of, of uh, What's doing, quacking? <laughs> doing the races. And my phone quacking. I'm turning that thing off. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so that... And over the years, just just watching people and knowing that, and then and then giving them that bit of ammunition to pull the trigger whenever they reach that moment, that moment that says, "I'm gonna quit." And uh, so, 
if I can if I can still in myself and in anybody else that comes to Leadville, that's the Leadville way. Persistence. You don't quit. You dig deep and and that's what kept this town alive. And so the so the race, the run was the first yeah. race. When were the other races added? Because okay. this has been an, a growing phenomenon yeah, this yeah, race. We let it um I think we had forty five runners that first year. But the but the running boom was sort of getting going and and uh, so the but remember at the time there's only two of us doing this merrily and, and I running the whole show for years and years. Um, and merrily say something about her. When did you meet her? How did she get involved? Oh, that's that's entirely another <laughs> in another a nut, in a nutshell. Well, in she a nutshell, a yeah. The, remember the entire community was unemployed. Uh, she was the travel agent uh, oh, here, local okay, travel okay. agent. Well, the only people that were traveling was one way out of town, and they okay. weren't buying tickets. Okay. So um, I went to her and said, you know, look, I need a race director uh, and because uh, I can't do all this myself. I right. need somebody, somebody to help me. I said, I, I can't pay you a thing. I'll double it every year. And <laughs> she... <laughs> Um, <laughs> the, the magical part about that, I mean, that she said yes, uh, and that she'd be the race, race director and it was just divine guidance, divine intervention that led her to the race, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that was the, she was the first volunteer of literally hundreds of volunteers. Cause I would, mm-hmm. I'd ask people, I'd say need help, um, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 really nobody could say no. They couldn't volunteer because I knew they were just like me. They didn't have a job, right, you know. Right, I mean? right. <laughs> and everybody was everybody really wanted to support the support um, that race okay. to bring people to our community. And she's, and she's still yeah. working with you. So you added was the bike the next thing you added well, the, okay the race now remember there's just two of us so we 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 met um uh, um uh, we would let the races grow each year by about 10 percent knowing that there were two things that we had to be careful of but well, one we wanted the um uh race the quality of the race to be first class we wanted to be a first class event when people come back but second we didn't want to overwhelm our very limited medical community because we knew we were, you know, we were running 100 miles. This, this is something. <laughs> this is something that uh, in the very beginning yeah. people said it couldn't be done. Ah. Uh, <laughs> and I tell our runners and riders that every year. It, you know, people tell you it can't be done, and they're right. Was was this the <laughs> first? Ultra was this the first hundred mile race in around the, in the, in the nation? nation? There, there was the there were two, perhaps three others at that same time, and two of them still still exist. The Western States one hundred it started a couple of years before us, um, and the Wasatch one hundred uh, in Utah. What about going. the Hard Rock? Is that there, no, no, it came much, later. much later. Uh, there was one on the East Coast, Old Dominion, one hundred. It's I don't think it's in existence anymore. But there were there were a couple, okay, uh, a couple of other hundred. So we 
we would let it grow as far as taking entrance. Uh, we would let it grow just that much, about 10% every year. So in uh, 1984, we had a couple hundred uh, entrance. Uh, then 1985, we'd allow 225. When did it? When did it boom? So when did you start? It started. It, it was more... booming right from the beginning. Okay. That we had many more people that wanted to come to Leadville and do it uh, than we felt comfortable in bringing. But as it grew, then we got more and more help. We got uh, uh, particularly medical help. That was huge because. Uh, uh, people from from the Denver area came. Oh, and then another thing, uh, because more people wanted to get in than we had spaces for, we would always approve doctors, nurses. <laughs> you know, if you were a doc, you yeah. wanted to get in, buddy. Yeah. You're in because yeah. we knew we knew it was their uh, uh, ethical, moral obligation. Mm-hmm. If somebody out on the trail and in trouble, they'd stop and help, and they did. And if you uh, lived in Leadville too, was that was that an automatic? Oh, people end? people that lived in Leadville, yeah. Is that still a thing? People who uh, live in Leadville, you know, it, it came to be. It it got out of hand in that people would would use a Leadville address oh, okay. on their application, and um, or there was one particular time there was one very small house. Where there was nine applications with that address, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty much that's that remains the same today. With with, uh, uh, but it's got to have that strong degree of integrity with it. So, so are there any changes this year? Now, I I guess maybe I should ask you about the the Lead Man, Lead Woman series. When did that start? Well, let, let me let me jump. Behind you okay. just a little yes. bit, because the next thing that started was the 100-mile bike race. Because right. the, by the 90s, by the time we were, uh, say, 15 years old uh, in, in that neighborhood, or 10 to 15 years old, we began to attract sponsor attention. I mean, because we had so many runners, and we were getting uh, publicity from uh, all over the nation. We're riding about the Leadville Trail 100, and... It was on everybody's bucket list. They had to come to Leadville and do this. So sponsor, we had sponsors' attention. So in 1994, Rockport Shoe Company was a uh, was a sponsor of the run. Rockport wanted to do a mountain bike race. They're the ones that came to me with the idea. They Rockport had a very young and aggressive uh, management, uh, top management crew at at the time. They wanted to do a 100-mile mountain bike race, and they wanted to do it same day at the 100-mile run. Oh. I couldn't tell them, pardon me, but hell no, fast enough. Uh, no, that's just not going to happen. And uh, so they kept after, yeah, we want to do this mountain bike race because that's you. all your entrants are our target market. And, okay, uh, majority male, majority uh, 35 to 45 years old. This is our target market. We want to do this mountain bike race. Um, okay. I said, well, we're not doing it on that same weekend. And they said, he came back a second time, and they said, well, we'll do it the next weekend then. And then, well, okay, but that, we're still, you know, there's still just two of us here doing this. All the logistics it, involved in yeah. that. And then they came back with an offer that I couldn't refuse. 
They said, okay, we're going to put this on television. We'll put, and we'll put lead, we'll, we'll feature Leadville, you, Merrily, all your runners, cyclists and everything on television. We'll film the run one weekend, the following weekend, we'll film the bike. Then we're going to put it on, on it's back in the days where Wide World of Sports, NBC Sports World, and that sort of thing. We'll put it, feature it on uh, one of those sports network shows three weekends in a row. Um, entire show will be on the run first weekend. Next weekend, the entire show will be on the mountain bike race. Third weekend, uh, it will be a combination uh, sports show run bike. We're budgeting for that. <clears throat> I even remember this figure. We're budgeting for that half a million dollars. That in 1994, half a million dollars of television time was big wow. deal. Yes. And now you remember the genesis of this, 1982, still is today, 2018, the economic vitality of this community. Uh, if the world gets more exercise, I'm all for them. But it's Leadville is, is my, my focus and, and, uh, so I couldn't turn that down in behalf of the community. We didn't get anything for other than sponsorship from from uh, Rockport. Uh, but yeah, that was that ignited everything even beyond when it hit hit nationwide TV for three weekends in a in a <laughs> row. Uh, and so now we're in the bike racing business. And, and with all the sponsors, we could hire a little more help. Um, so we started putting on, okay, we need to spread this out over the, our summer months. So uh, over the years, we started the 50-mile uh, uh, the, uh, run, then the 50-mile bike, then the marathon, um, a 10K. And then, to your point, somebody, I hope it wasn't me, <laughs> had the bright idea just put them all together and call it Lead Man. <laughs> and um, I, th I think I've got to give uh, Lifetime probably uh, credit for that. Um, let's do a Life, a Lead Man, Lead Woman series. Put it all together. Okay. And we'll see who wants to take a bite of that poison apple. <laughs> and it's incredible how many people want to do that. How many people want to try it? And, I'm married to one. Oh yeah, <laughs> a four-time well, four lead well, man. Yeah, four-time Leadville. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's 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 <laughs> he's got the athletic uh, and military background to to take on a challenge like that. Because <laughs> you know that boy is not going to quit. He so. is. He is not. And to my listeners out there. We're talking with Ken Clover, founder of the Leadville Trail Race Series in Leadville, Colorado, at 10,200 feet here. And uh, I'll be doing a series on this race series. And if any of you out there have participated in any of the LT races, I would love to hear from you and perhaps do an episode with you and your experiences. If you've raced, if you've been crew, I'd love to hear from you. So... Get in touch with me. Let me. Can we add one more thing? Absolutely. To it? Yes. Okay. One more thing. I've I've got to give uh, total credit to probably the biggest component 
The biggest component of the success of, the, success of these races, the Leadville Trail 100, uh, is Leadville. But beyond that, Merrily has got to have the primary credit for success for what we have become. I, uh, wanting to get familiar with 100-mile races after we did did our race here, I went out to California and I did the Western States 100-mile race. And after that, I came back and, and I said, Merrily, we've got to do things different. Because they they've got more rules and they you know they they just don't treat people right out there. They don't. Uh, we want to treat our athletes right. We want to treat their families, their crews, and everything because they're the ones here spending money. And so um, I want to treat them like customers. And she said, No, we're going to treat them like family. That has made the entire difference to everything that we treat everybody that comes here like family. They're our brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, and, and that's the way we treat them. Uh, we are just as proud of that uh, that man, that woman, that can finish that race with five seconds left on the clock as we are that uh, man, that woman that stands on the podium in first place. I was so, going to ask you what makes yeah. the series, this race, yeah. different from others. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's it. And having lived here for yeah. 11 years and yeah. having participated as crew for many races, yeah. I I would agree with you. It's it's a whole different yeah. feel. Well, I, I want people to know it, it's really, it's not about, not about the podium. It's about the buckle. It's about that not quitting, that making that Leadville strength a part of you and uh, getting that buckle. All right. Um, whether you know it or not, I know you know it. You are an icon of endurance and grit. Why? What made you this way? I, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure even what icon means. I, I like the word grit. You represent it. You're, you're the yeah, yeah. poster boy for uh, endurance and grit. Well, <laughs> how about that? Thank poster you. Boy. Yeah, I, 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 I want to. Yeah, I, Tell I, I want to promote grit. And I'm, I'm not. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's that Oklahoma red dirt upbringing where you had to, uh, you had to make do. You can. Uh, there, there wasn't any. Uh, uh, you know, your nearest neighbor was a long way off, so you, you had to fix things yourself and and uh, keep keep going. And so I I always as a as a kid never wanted to wasn't my goal to have a great amount of money or anything like that, but I wanted to be somebody. And I know to be somebody, you couldn't you just couldn't quit. You, you, um, was this instilled in you from I, your parents? I guess. I guess. Yeah. My my dad was my dad was hard working. You know, cowboy, country boy. I'm mad at myself every day that I didn't I didn't talk to him enough and get you know where you know because he he'd tell me you know well you know I had to seven miles to school and if I was a lucky day I had I got to ride a horse and ah um, yeah I wish I'd have. You know, had more. Uh, I'd listen to him more. And but got don't you more think that's a most kids don't listen stories. to their parents' stories? 
I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to tell my son, I said, let's talk now because the day is going to come that you'll wish you to talk to your daddy a little bit more. You'd wish you because you got to remember now, uh, even this, this, uh, we're, we're taking me back to, to my roots now doing this show with you that's going to be on the radio because when I was a kid, that's all there was. That's yeah. all there was. There wasn't a TV. And, uh, yeah, we one little old radio. I think it was, I still have the picture of that radio in my mind. It seemed like it said Phillips on it. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that's just, I think that's just country boy upbringing. You learn, you learn not to quit. And, and then the races taught me a lot about that, too. Races taught me. Uh, watching uh, not only my own participation in it, but watching other Watching other people, what what contributed to your success, um, and then the bigger lesson in that, that is that that is a, this is just a race. You're going to run into things in life where not quitting really has really has meaning and has purpose when it comes to your family or your job or your kids. You just don't quit. So back to. My claim that you represent yeah. it, you're the face of it, you're the poster okay. boy for okay. it, whatever it is. At one point, I think it was shortly after Lifetime um, purchased this series, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you disappeared for a little bit, but then you came back. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when whenever we made the deal with with Lifetime, when it, and and it was a was a fantastic deal for Leadville, and Lifetime has been so generous and good to Leadville. I, I, I want to, in every way that I can, uh, promote Lifetime, what they do and what they want to do with the race. We hired a uh, young man to be the race director right from the beginning. Okay, I said, okay, Lifetime, here you go. Let me... Uh, were you, were you handing over the reins yeah, at that point? Yeah, were you, yeah, were you we, ready to walk away? Yeah, yeah. We was was my <laughs> was my intent in '09 that we would we would be in the background. I didn't want to get in anybody's way. We hired a young local guy uh, that was a uh, retired Navy helicopter pilot. So I knew he was first class, uh, tough, don't quit kind of guy. He'd done the races, and, and uh, but so I, you know, I didn't want to get in their way. I, that's why I backed off. Did I have my, you know, my personality is pretty strong, and and I'm, <laughs> you know, and I had. Uh, Many years as a state senator, you know, doing things my way. Well, I, I wanted somebody else to take a shot at that. Better uh, new ideas and and go forward. Well, it it was a uh, was a bad match with the corporate world. Uh, Scott did a great job, great, great fellow, but. Uh, the corporation didn't really know how to run the race, or would, you know. So that was a big mistake on my part. Huge I should have, I should have stayed and and uh, um, and helped guide through it. But uh, that that was a big mistake. Me me 
stepping out and and merely stepping back and and letting letting the race go. Well, uh, so Scotty said he he didn't want any more dealing with the corporate world. And I didn't blame him. The way mm-hmm. way things were going, totally supportive of everything he did and. What a wonderful young man! You probably need yes. to interview him one of these days and get get his take on this. And, sure, uh, but uh, they the, called you back, or you hmm? offered, or how did? No, you no, we we just you know I could remember my goal now still Leadville. Yeah. If it if the if Leadville's not going to be in certain not being served, then I'm going to start the fight um, to make sure that that happens because we you know we put in a lot of years. Uh, building this so uh, so we got back into a, a bit of oh, I guess sort of advisory capacity mm-hmm. so forth for the next few years and that was better but it still didn't work and so that that young man uh, after several years uh, went on to do bigger and better proud of him and uh, uh, so the last Two or three years, lifetime itself has taken a bigger role in uh, in the races, and they've asked Marilee and I to come back in and be the uh, this this is probably a too too glorious of a, a <laughs> picture of it. Dash has to come back in and be the face of the race. Yes, we are to the pump, face to pump up the people who of, have come of the race and. Uh, that was my first you question know, to you. And, and I want to tell them, and you use that word pump up. I get accused of that a lot of times, being, you know, trying to give people motivation. I'm not trying to give anybody motivation or pump them up or, or, or anything like that. All I want to do is tell them the truth. Oh, but you do. This, In telling the truth, you do. You do this, motivate. You inspire. This, it should. It yeah. should be. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't want them, the people come here, I don't want them to be, be motivated. Motivated motivation stinks. Motivation will leave you when you need it the most. Oh. Uh, when it gets uh, hurting so bad, uh, motivation is hard to find. What isn't, what can be with you is commitment. So I want people when they, they step up that starting line, I want you to make that commitment. I want you to make it not. To me, particularly, although I'm going to ask for that, <laughs> I want you to make that commitment to yourself. So, because when when that moment comes, that deciding moment, when it hurts so bad, and you're wondering, what in the world was I thinking? Uh, and you're seeing I things signed, in the middle of the night. Yeah, uh, that if you've made that commitment ahead of time you made that commitment, I commit, I won't quit, uh, then good. Then you're, you'll cross that finish line, and then you'll tell me. You'll come up and give me a hug and say, Ken, that was worth it. And I will tell you yeah. that I bet you anything, at certain points when people are questioning their motivation, they might hear your voice. I at the so. finish line, and so. that's going to motivate and inspire and pump them up a little bit more. And yeah. so, don't give yourself a short shrift. On well, I, I, I yeah, think yeah, you're, you're part of you're part of this. <laughs> you, you, you get you. you get into the blood. Um, completely different question. Do you fear anything? I don't think so. Uh, 
no. I, that uh, if if I if I let that get in my way, that would uh, fears a huge limitation, or it may be in maybe an attraction. I'm not sure. I know I've done some real stupid things. I took up uh, bull riding at age sixty because <laughs> some. <laughs> Some, some. Oh yeah, there's a well. There's a picture there on the wall. Now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I got to talking to to some people, <laughs> and uh, they said, "Well, we've invented uh, or started senior bull riding." Oh boy, that sound <laughs> is that's, the bull is the bull senior. That's that's what I got on. I, you know, that first time because yeah. Oh God, and I I spent about I think four. Four trips to the hospital, four surgeries on the shoulder and various various parts. Uh, but but I'd do the, oh God if I didn't spend so much time in the hospital, I'd do that today. That bull riding was the most exciting, engaging because uh, it, it engages all your senses. You come up to that first. You have to put on it's kind of like the military or mining. You have to put on this gear. You have to, Put on the, the jacket, the chaps, and um, all that that sort of thing. But then you you, you go up, and the first thing you have is the smells because that that bull stinks. <laughs> and then you got the regular rodeo smell. You put your hand on that that steel cage, that uh, pipe that the bulls engage, uh, trapped in, uh, so it's cold. And then you sit down on the back of that bull, and it's hot. So it's cold and it's hot and it stinks and it's loud. And then you wrap that, tie that rope around your hand. And then you know, this is going to hurt. <laughs> this is going to hurt. There's no way out of this. <laughs> then you got to do something very stupid and nod your head. And when you, and, and when you, when your cowboy buddy is going to pull that gate open, and I would tell them, other boys, this is no senior bull. And <laughs> oh, God, it was so that was fun. And if it wasn't for keep getting the shoulder ripped out, I'd, I'd do it today. Well, I was going to ask you what was your most challenging physical experience? Probably challenging was was uh, my seventieth birthday. I summited or a week, maybe two weeks after my seventieth birthday. I summited Aconcagua. And that was a lesson in don't quit, keep going, put one foot in front of the other, keep going. There were, uh, Aconcagua is the second highest of the seven summits. It's the highest peak in South America in the Andes. It's uh, not that anybody's counting, but 22,842 feet. And there were eight climbers in our group. I'm age 70, the next uh, youngest. There's two guys in their 50s and then several of them a lot younger than that. So we were we were climbing up um, the flanks. of took, took about a week going up the side of that mountain. One by one, they all dropped out uh, until we got to about 21,500 21, feet snowing uh, pretty hard uh, blowing cold there was the guide was with me everybody else had dropped out and he's he said you want to turn around he said there there's we're the only ones left 
in our group. And I said, no, I'm, I've come this far. I'm going on with or without you. And, uh, and of course he, he thought, well, this, this, I don't want this idiot to perish on his own. I at least want to tell him where the body is. So uh, we kept, we kept going and, uh, uh, on up the side of that mountain and, and every step was, uh, was I commit, I won't quit, I commit, I won't quit. All the way up that mountain, we got up, kept going, and, and then we reached a point where he, he said, uh, take off your pack, leave it here. I said, no, I need my pack, that's my water, my food. He said, no, there is the summit. Oh. And we had to, that last, oh, probably, I don't know, memory, 30, 40 feet, we had to hand climb up through some big rocks and where the uh, where the pack would have been an, an encumbrance, and uh, so we left left the pack there. And then, yeah, then I'm on the summit somewhere around here. Pitch, pictures somewhere? of me, yeah, on, I, on I, the summit. I want to be I want to be able to put a photo of that. Oh, on um, uh, yeah, on my here, side if you find here, it. Yeah. Here's one magazine. That's me on the oh, summit oh my there. Gosh. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. We got to hang yeah. on to that. Um, listen out there. Listeners. Uh, that's, too, listen. that's too many. Yeah, I can tell you bull riding stories oh, and mountain I know, stories. Because I, uh, I went to Nepal, tried to climb big mountains over there, and, and I still have that in mind. But, uh, All right. Well, to my yeah. listeners out there, we're talking to Ken Clover in Leadville, Colorado. couple more questions. Ken um, tell me about the Legacy Foundation. Okay, that was, we, uh, in, in remembering this was the race from uh, the first one, 1983 on, is, is for uh, for the people of Leadville. Um, Leadville is, is, are, is the people of Leadville. Mm-hmm. Leadville, that's, that's what defines Leadville, the people. People were hurting bad in 1982 and on that's they're still hurting today we've re, we recovered economically a lot uh, but there's still a lot of people in need uh, but when uh, Marilyn and I at the end of the races in the 80s 90s uh, we would if we had some money left over we do things for people in need. Uh, bought a lot. Of, a lot of times, where the the kids in high school, junior high and high school, they didn't have money for athletic equipment or running shoes or something, uh, we'd send them down to build sports, and they'd fix them up with whatever they needed. We'd pay the bill. Uh, we'd buy groceries or pay dental bills or whatever need. We tried to do it always anonymously, so uh, didn't didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. In any way, so that, but uh, as um, after 94, uh, then we hit with the initiation of the mountain bike race and the start of other races, then the money did begin to come in. Then we did have a little extra money, so I think it was in 2001, we formalized the foundation, uh, 501c3, where we could accept donations and then, and some sort of formality to our gifts back to the community. Uh, that grew uh, 
to to the point where we could do some real good things for the community, real good things for uh, particularly. I I'm convinced the next best thing to come to Leadville will come out of that Leadville Lake County High School. And, and my understanding is that each Lake County High School graduate who is accepted to any any form of any higher form education of higher education will get a thousand dollars. One thousand bucks, you betcha. You betcha. From and we're going to do that the, the Legacy Foundation. I think next month, the 24th, 25th of next month is class day. Um, class day is, boy, it, it, uh, it brings tears to my eyes because we're able to do that. Because the class day is when they give out the scholarships right. and so forth. Yeah. And the best and the brightest will get, you know, big scholarships. And there'll be, there'll be a half a dozen or a dozen, you know, can. 10 kids that get scholarships and so forth. And then the rest of them are just sitting there waiting to graduate. When the Leadville Trail 100 Foundation gets up there to hand out our $1,000, for the last few years, we've had 100% of those kids going to go to some form of higher education. I don't care if it's a research university or welding school or pipe fitters or whatever. Uh, we get every one of them up there, and they stand up on that stage. They're so proud to be, get that recognition. We're proud to give it to them. And we've, in some way, this is what I wanted to make, make sure that these kids that are graduating know that that door of graduation is, that's an open door. That's a door of opportunity. I want to get you through it and, and let you know that there's, you can do whatever you want to with your life, and here's a thousand bucks to get you started. Excellent. Uh, and people can make donations to this make, either uh, yeah. by mailing them in or online, and I'll have, I'll have links to both of those yeah. on my on my website at yeah. leadbillaurel.com. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Ken, who's your hero? Oh, oh, what a question. Gosh, I wish you would give me time to think about this. Because <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just heroes so in so many right. uh, different different perspectives. Yeah, and uh, I don't really I don't really like favorites questions because again, yeah, there's so many of everything. Yeah, my, Does my, someone uh, pop into your head? My my oh my my guiding light, and I I'll probably I would probably embarrass him here because he's he's third generation Leadville, Carl Miller. Carl Miller? Carl Miller has uh, the most incredible brand of integrity that that I've ever experienced. And that's just who he is. It's not anything he pretends to be or something. That's just who he is. Carl had a, an incredible accident underground at the Climax Mine. Very few people are aware of. Carl should should be looking down on us from from glory. Uh, he had uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll talk to him about that. Oh yeah, see. talk to him. He probably won't talk about. It. You'll probably have to come back and talk to me about it <laughs> uh, because I can tell you the story because I, you know, I was I was there, but it was an, it was an incredible incredible accident. He spent a long time in the hospital, and I went to see him in the hospital, and uh, I told him I said, Carl. Don't worry about a thing. Um, that mining company was responsible for all this, the, uh, the equipment you were working with and so forth. 
without going into details. Mm-hmm. Fortune 500 company. I said, uh, I'm going to handle this for you. We're going to make millions, and, and uh, I'm just going to take 10%. <laughs> he, he didn't think that was particularly funny because <laughs> his response was boy point blank he says no it was my decision it was my action and I'm totally responsible for that oh We're, my goodness oh, taking responsibility yeah, yeah, for your own actions yeah so, uh, yeah. so I've, I've uh, served with Colorado with Carl and and the county commission and watched him work there and and the brand of integrity he exhibits on a daily basis yeah ken yeah. clover what is next for you you know what what i want to do i'm, I'm convinced purpose of life is a life of purpose um and they say oh well yeah you you served a great purpose you've done that you've created these races served the community and i said okay but i'm not done I'm not throwing in towel and I gotta, you know, put put me in the in the farm oh, take me out, out of the <laughs> out of the lineup yet. I would really like now we're back to this climbing thing, although I'm not I'm not as just locked into it, but I would like to go back to Nepal and summit one of those eight thousand meter peaks. If I could do that I would be the oldest American to summit one of those peaks. I do not need that sort of thing for my ego. My ego's blue steel right now, and it's, uh, I don't need that sort of thing. But I could use that. If I could do that, I could use that as a platform, as a podium, to get guys my age and quite a bit younger uh, to get them off, get them off the golf course, get them on their bike, get them in their running shoes, get them, be fit. Life is so much more to it if you're healthy, if you're fit. And, and will you be waiting till you're 80 and to, if you, to, to try that? Well, if I don't do it this year, I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm in a training fitness craze right now. I'm well, I, I've got to tell you, uh, you rode up on your bike <laughs> a couple of days ago. Yeah. I was yeah. out front oh, talking with a neighbor. Yeah. I didn't recognize you. I, yeah. I, I thought, oh, who's this youngster <laughs> on his big old mountain bike? Oh, yeah. yeah. His my, green jacket. My new fat bike, it, snow it, bike. Seriously. I mean, yeah. it took, it, I, you had yeah. to stop and I had to look you in the eyes to yeah. see who it was. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's uh, bike running and, and uh, weight training. That's a daily routine. You're walking and, the walk. Uh, yeah. Well, because that's the price you have to pay if you want to... Uh, uh, you know, if you want to do what I want to do, and I, I want to be, if there is a poster boy image for me out there, I, I want it to be somebody that that uh, uh, that people can say, yeah, oh, you know, I can do that, yeah. I sh- and not only I want them to, that they could do that, but they should do that. They should. Wow. Life is just more. Life is just more fun. Uh, chase the neighbor's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Clover, <laughs> incorrigible. Yeah, without question. <laughs> Thank you for this uh, time. Listeners out there, if you want any information about the Leadville Trail 100 series, go to my website at leadvillelaurel.com. I'll have links to everything you need to know. If you are a racer, a wannabe racer, a crew 
member who's participated in these races, please get in touch with me. I would love to share your story with the world. Ken, looking forward to the races this summer. Love you, Laurel. Yeah, we'll we'll have a we'll have a great summer. Thank we'll you. A great summer in Leadville. We'll have a great summer. Thank you for what you're doing. Ah, thank you. You can find my show notes with links and photos on my website at leadvillelaurel.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, there will there will be many more. Please subscribe to Alligator Preserves on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends about it. Please consider becoming a patron of this podcast. Go to patreon.com forward slash alligator preserves and see what rewards you might get. Until my next episode, let's see, what kind of jam would a hundred mile racer put on their toast? Hmm. There must be something out there called go, go, go jam with plenty of grit in it. Dig deep, everybody. Bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.